Welcome everybody to season two of Stick a Fork in It. I'm really season excited. Two. Yes, and we have a fantastic guest with us today, Jeff Derry. Uh -oh. There's high expectations for you to kick off this new season. So uh, I will, without delay, just hand it right over and let you introduce yourself to our audience. Ah, thank you very much. My name is Jeff Derry, and uh, I am uh, one of the founding directors of uh, Trinity Cafe. Um, I'm happy to be here this morning, and uh, this is uh, exciting times, and uh, I'm looking forward to visiting. Uh, yeah, so we will uh, we'll definitely dig into how Trinity came to be and your role and all of that. But let's start with a little bit about you personally. Tell us about yourself. Well, uh, both my wife and I are uh, from Racine, Wisconsin. Uh, we were both uh, born and raised there, grew up about a mile from each other. And uh, we uh, migrated to Florida uh, in 1973. Um, we, uh, it was kind of on a whim. We had uh, vacation down here and I uh, came to the Tampa Bay area, loved the area. And uh, one night decided that it would be a great place to uh, live and uh, to have our children uh, here and uh, just a, a good lifestyle and a good uh, business environment. So we moved uh, to Tampa. Awesome. Well, we're happy you made that choice. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and on this, it's about 75 degrees outside right now. I'm sure it's one of those many, many days over the last 30 or 40 or so years that you've uh, reflected kindly on that choice. <laughs> yes, I uh, spoke with my uh, aunt yesterday afternoon uh, up in Wisconsin, and she said it was 38 degrees up there. Oh, wow. Yeah, Oof. yeah, this was, uh, you know, welcome October. <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned that you, uh, you and your wife raised some children down here. Tell us a little bit. We've got uh, four children, and uh, we've got four adult children, uh, 13 grandchildren, and uh, three and a half great-grandchildren. Three and a half. Wow. Three and a half, yeah. We've got uh, another one due in uh, January. Oh, that's super A little exciting. girl in uh, January. But uh, yeah, and uh, really, we're very, very uh, fortunate, very blessed to have all of our adult children here in the Tampa Bay area, and uh, most of our grandchildren are here. There's a couple that uh, are around the country, but uh, most of them are right here in the area. It's a tough place to leave, for sure. Yeah, it surely it is. Pretty special, which we're coming up. It on. makes every day special. Aww. Yeah, we have a lot of drop-in visits, and uh, it's it's wonderful. It's a great thing. Awesome. So, uh, you know, over the years, you were able to grow a family here. Tell us a little bit about growing your professional career. Um, I started a uh, marketing business here in the Tampa Bay area in uh, 1978. I founded a company called Marketing Associates USA. Um, I had done a little bit of work with an ad agency here in the area and um, uh, decided that uh, I, this was something that I could do on my own. So on January 1st of 1978, after a couple of years of uh, freelance work, I founded uh, Marketing Associates. And we work primarily with uh, local companies, uh, small to medium-sized companies in the Tampa Bay area. And uh, I recognized that there were uh, larger companies in other cities. So I started going to Atlanta. And uh, I was there for about six months traveling back and forth and started developing some client relationships, opened an office there, and then went through an acquisition mode for several years. and. Uh, had uh, an office in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which was there because uh, of Upjohn. Okay. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky, which was there. I'm still trying to figure out why. Um, <laughs> Great baseball bats. <laughs> yeah. um, well, there's good, you know, the good and the ugly, and uh, I've uh, experienced both of those. And uh, then we had an office in New York and an office in Miami. Um, but uh, We've worked with a lot of uh, Fortune 100 companies uh, developing and implementing uh, marketing campaigns. And uh, 
grew that company and uh, over a period of 40 years and uh, sold the company uh, in uh, 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh I, I heard you mention mergers and acquisitions. We're going to put a pin in that for just a minute and we'll come back to that. We will. Okay. Because I think that experience is somewhat relevant to our conversation it here is, today. Of yeah. More um, so than you know. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us some of the, you know, tell the listeners some of the brands because, of course, I've known you for, for some time and um, worked in the same office with you, which we'll talk about, of course, more later in the show, but some of the brands that you have worked with are really impressive. It's something that are household names and maybe you have a few stories of uh, some uh, groundbreaking campaigns that you've worked on that people might be interested in. Uh, when it comes to mind. Yeah, we've been so fortunate uh, to have some just wonderful clients, uh, Coca-Cola, AT&T, uh, we did the launch of, uh, we did the launch. We didn't do the launch, but we worked uh, and uh, did a lot of work on the launch of uh, Splenda, okay. um, which was, you know, an exciting product that, you know, is a household name today. Mm-hmm. A lot of pharmaceutical products, uh, some products that are, you know, interesting products, some products that are embarrassing products. <laughs> um, so uh, it, uh, it was a rich career. Uh, I uh, owned the agency for 40 years, mm-hmm. and I always say I had 25 great years. Um, you know, the, there's highs and lows when you're an entrepreneur, and sure. you go through good times and bad, and uh, I've uh, experienced both. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, you know, insofar as campaigns go, the launch of Splenda was uh, very exciting. We did a lot of um, call center campaigns for uh, AT&T, where we would go into call centers and uh, uh, promote a specific product to build awareness because there's such a competition for share of mind with call center reps. And so we would go in and promote direct TV, for instance, and we would uh, travel to call centers uh, literally all over the world, go into the call center, uh, teach people about the product, get them excited about it, and just keep top of mind so that when they are uh, on the phone with a customer that they know the questions to ask and how to introduce the product. So uh, uh, we, as I mentioned, uh, we did them in a lot of them in the Philippines, uh, Colombia, um, all over Latin America, through the islands. Uh, and uh, it was interesting and it was fun and everybody was excited when we would go in. And we were competing with uh, global agencies at this time. And uh, we were kind of a niche agency in that, you know, we were able to do uh, multi-million dollar campaigns. Uh, We were large enough to do it, but we were small enough that we were very nimble and could go in and uh, execute quickly and efficiently. Wow. So it was a good career. It was, and you did amazing things. So... um, I, I know that you and your family are very faith-based. We are. You are. Yeah. And um, I, I, we had our first meeting together and, and had a wonderful conversation. And that led you down a certain path uh, in life um, that helped create something wonderful that we are. It's part of our everyday, right. actually, um, that we're all pretty proud of. But years ago, I became a part of. Can you kind of take us down that journey and at what I'm hinting at? Well, I think uh, what you're hinting at is talking about Trinity Cafe. I am. And um, I have always um, felt, I've always felt blessed. And uh, I've felt as though uh, the blessings that God has bestowed upon me, um, I'm grateful for them but also they're beyond me. And uh, just because I was, uh, you know, fortunate in certain ways, uh, what I'm called to do, I believe, 
is uh, to share those things. And uh, I've, um, I pray every day for a compassionate heart. And uh, I think if we ask God uh, often enough, he'll uh, give us what we ask for. And uh, back in 2001, uh, the pastor at our church, Christ the King Catholic Church in South Tampa, had uh, set an appointment with me and he asked me if I could look into uh, opening a food bank in South Tampa. He said he felt that there was a need uh, yeah, for a small food bank because they had a lot of people that were visiting uh, the office asking uh, for food. I told him I would look into it, and I was traveling almost every week at the time, so I started visiting every food service operation I could find all over the eastern United States, and only because that was my travel area. That's where I was going, and uh, so I saw everything from church food lines to, uh, you know, some uh, cafeteria-style service operations, uh, you know, to, you know, people in the park handing out uh, bags of food and all. And uh, I saw a small restaurant over on the east coast of Florida. They were serving about 25 meals, <coughs> excuse me, serving about uh, 25 meals per day. Um, but the one thing that struck me about it was that it was a restaurant style. It was really a nice operation. Uh, they had a lot of restrictions on who they would serve, but they were trying to uh, help people and to uh, uh, help get them back into the community and all. But what the main thing that resonated with me was the fact uh, that it was restaurant style and that it was such a nice environment. So I came back to the pastor of our church. This was in the spring of uh, 2001. And uh, at that time, I uh, came back to the pastor and I uh, um, mentioned to him, I said, you know, I've looked at uh, different food banks and all, but to me, people who are in need, need somewhere to go to eat. Uh, handing them food if they're homeless does not help them. And uh, what I was thinking about is if we had a restaurant and if we unconditionally served. The one other thing that struck me with this other operation was uh, the requirements that uh, they had for different people. And I said, if somebody is hungry, we need to feed them. I think this is the way Christ would do it. I think Jesus would unconditionally not put a requirement, I will feed you if. And uh, so I said, I think I've got in my mind opening up a restaurant. And he said, I think it's a beautiful idea. He said, but that's not going to satisfy the need that I have for a food bank in South Tampa. And I said, I can't do two at one time. And he said, I don't want you to do two at one time. I want you to pursue this vision that you have. And uh, I recruited a group of unsuspecting men. <laughs> <laughs> it always seems to work that way, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> help me out for a couple months. I've got this idea. Oh, boy. <laughs> and um, we uh, just, you know, it was uh, probably eight of us at the beginning. And uh, we started out, we looked for a location. We were going to fly back to the East Coast one morning uh, and uh, take a look at the restaurant that I had visited. And um, it was overcast, so we couldn't fly. So uh, my friend Bob Mullen and I were uh, driving around South Tampa. And I said, let's stop by St. Peter Claver Church. I know the pastor there. And let's uh, see if he has any ideas of any potential locations. And we went in there, and he was available. And we sat in the church. 
And uh, we visited with him for about 10 minutes. And I shared the vision with him. And he said, I have an idea. I've got a church hall here. He said, it doesn't have a built out kitchen. But he said, if you want to use it, you know, you can open up here. And it was a beautiful, wide open church hall. And uh, I said, you know, I don't know that we can afford it. And he said, we'll charge you a dollar a year. You and he said, that. I don't want you negotiating with me. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast was made possible by the innovative thinking and the funding of Feeding America, a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks that feed more than 46 million people through food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, and other community-based agencies. And uh, this is Father Ed Lamp that we were meeting with, who really uh, had a, just a beautiful, beautiful heart for uh, the spirit of our uh, mission. So we were going to open on um, September 15th of 2001, but lo and behold, along came 9-11. And uh, so we deferred the opening and we opened on October 15th of 2001. Um, and it was, it was nothing less than spectacular. It was just, uh, we had built out a kitchen. Uh, we spent about $75,000 to build out the kitchen. Um, and the kitchen was, uh, probably 10 by 10. And we had a freezer that was lugged on to the outside of it. Um, but uh, we opened, and the first day we served about 60 people. And uh, the second day we served about 140 people. And the third day we served about 210 people. Word got wow. out quickly, apparently. By the end of the week, we were serving over 300 people a day. And I was just, I was so taken back because it wasn't what we planned for. It wasn't what we had budgeted for right. uh, and it was well the man who is uh, the founder of the uh, uh, faith uh, not faith but um, Joshua Cafe over in uh, West Palm Beach uh, he and I had become friends and I called him and I said Joe this is I, I, I don't know what to do. Every day we're serving more and more people. He said, what was your plan? How many did you plan to serve? I said, 200. He said, let everybody know you're serving 200 meals a day. And he said, serve 200 meals a day. I said, what if we can't? He said, why are you doing this? And I said, to honor and glorify God. And he said, okay, honor and glorify God. This isn't about you. This is about God. And he said, if your heart is pure and that's what you want to do. I said, Joe, I promise you, that's where my heart is. He said, I know where it is. And he said, serve 200 meals a day. And uh, we tapered down to 200 and we were serving about 225. But we told everybody that we would serve 200 meals a day. And... Uh, on we went, and we served there for a couple of years. Father Lamp was transferred. A new pastor came in. He wanted his church hall back, and we had to relocate. So we uh, uh, didn't have anywhere to go, and they wanted the church hall back. And uh, the dates were coming together, and uh, we had nowhere to go, and... Uh, Hillsborough County had suggested, they said, we're giving you a little bit of funding and we're giving uh, Salvation Army some funding. Why don't you see if you can't uh, get together with them and collaborate? So two weeks later, we moved into the Salvation Army. And uh, it wasn't perfect, but we had a home and we didn't miss any meals. And uh, we ended up staying there for seven years. During that entire time, I uh, started looking for uh, a building that we could buy. And 
I'd look at buildings, calling them. The zoning wasn't right. The parking wasn't right. Uh, it wasn't large enough. It was too large. Just, you know, all these restrictions. And uh, then found a location on Nebraska Avenue that was an old cut and sew factory. They made uh, aprons in there and they made silt fence and all. And we completely gutted that building, put on a new roof, bought the house next door and demoed that so we had more parking and all. And uh, moved in there in uh, 2011, which interestingly enough was a huge leap of faith because uh, we knew it was going to be approximately a million dollar investment. We had about $300,000 that we had accumulated in reserve specifically for this purpose. And our very committed board of directors uh, voted to proceed with it, uh, not having the money. And uh, being able to share with prospective donors, this is where we're going to be. This is what it looks like. Here's what it's going to be. Here's the pictures of it. Uh, but having that location made all the difference in the world. And uh, we went up to about 750000 that we had raised. And we knew that we had about $250,000 uh, left to raise. And all of a sudden, fundraising just stalled. And it's, do we, and most donors, I had said, I, I think that we can uh, uh, get into this building debt-free. And uh, I had not committed that, but I had certainly, that was uh, my desire, my hope, and uh, my belief. And uh, all of a sudden, right at the end, we just kept on building, building, and uh, at the end, the money just started flowing in, 50000 25000 I mean, just, and uh, we moved in there debt-free. We had wow. about $20,000 over. Supporting the mission. <laughs> yeah. Wow. God, God wanted it. And mm -hmm. so. It's a testament to faithfulness, not only to the plan, but also to the mission. Because that's, you know, that's really what gets people to buy in is they see the good work you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where it is today. So Absolutely. Trinity One. Yep. We're right there on Nebraska still today. And uh, it's, you know, we're, we're probably hitting about 550 meals a day between Trinity One and where we sit right now at Trinity Two. So, you know, that, that initial 200 has now more than doubled every single day, which that's is right. fantastic. And mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, when I listen to you tell the story, I've never heard it in full. You know, I've heard pieces here and there, but the idea that the core principles of openness and dignity have never changed. Yeah. Anybody who wants to walk through the door and, and ask for a meal, we're going to find a way to serve them and give them a meal. And we do it in a way that really upholds their dignity. We don't give people dignity. They have it already. It's a, it's a matter of us upholding it, uh, letting them feel it and, uh, and treating them with respect. And it's, it's the neatest thing to walk into a Trinity Cafe during service and just see folks who, you know, it might be their best half hour of their day. It probably is. And that goes not just for the folks receiving the meal, but the folks serving it. Um, it it's just such a unique experience to see the camaraderie, the fellowship, the, the grace shared over that table. Yeah. And I'm sure that's something that just has to warm your heart every time you see it 20 it's years later. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that describes it perfectly. I never have gone to Trinity and not felt better when I left than I did when I arrived. No matter how good I feel when I arrive, I feel better when I leave. And it does just warm my heart. And uh, to me, it's testament to, you know, if you do the right thing, do God's will, yeah, that's all that matters. And it doesn't, I'm not in charge of the outcome. You know, I can do the process, but I don't, you know, the, the outcome will be what it'll be. And uh, I've always felt that way about Trinity. If it's supposed to be, it'll be. And if not, so be it. Yeah. 
it's it's amazing to see the faithfulness to the work yeah. you know because that's what it is every day we just the the team in the kitchen puts their head down and produces the meals and the team outside prepares the tables and uh you know all of the things that are going on behind the scenes it's just trusting the process understanding that what we have to offer is something that's of value to the community and uh you know again 19 years later over 2 million meals served 2.2 2.2 million meals served it's a, it's just an incredible testament to uh you know a, a group of people with a with a special leader uh acting on faith and and following through it's mm -hmm. it's really just something to i wish everyone could experience yeah and they should yeah and they can and they can them too of yeah. course yeah yeah. Because, you know, something that uh, resonates with me all the time, that no matter what comes our way, we still serve. At Trinity Cafe, we've uh, had a car run into the building and we still served that day. We put a tent in the back. We've had hurricanes um, come through. We've had hurricanes, Hurricane Irma. Uh, Jeff here and his wife, Sharon, were there with us serving sandwiches. Uh, we all came in. It's so funny. Our entire team came because really, honestly, that felt like the safest place to be like you said, was being there and serving those that needed us most. Yeah. Uh, we were cutting holes in garbage bags and giving um, those of, that were homeless, that were in our care, um, letting them stay there with us and making sure that they had something to cover them and, and the food that we were sending them out with once the storm passed. And um, it's a great place where people gather all the time. So it is. people should definitely join us and go to our website and, and volunteer because uh, Trinity Cafe is definitely a, an experience that you don't go to once. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention, so Trinity Cafe um, was mostly run by volunteers for a mm -hmm. very long time. There's one special lady that was your only employee for a very long time, and that is Cindy Davis. Mm. So let's just take a few moments to talk about Cindy because we would be remiss if we didn't mention her because she was at the helm the only employee that you had for how long? It was uh, a long time. She was with the Times and then kind of retired from the Times and was a volunteer for you. And then you finished telling yeah. about Cindy. Well, the uh, we got to a point and uh, we uh, felt as a board that we could uh, bring on a uh, program director. And we had a lady that was there for about 45 days. She had some uh, family health issues and had to move back to uh, Minnesota. So I, I got a taste in that 45 days of how beautiful it was to have <laughs> somebody else there. I mean, to not be, you know, writing grant requests, you know, uh, submissions at two o'clock in the morning and all. And uh, so she had been there for 45 days. She left for personal reasons. And I was looking for an, a replacement. And uh, I had interviewed several people and I was 90% there on hiring somebody who I felt okay about. And one of the volunteers at Trinity said, I want you to meet a volunteer that's been coming here. And I said, I'm pretty, my mind is pretty well made up. And he said, just meet with her. And I said, Tom, I'm, I'm just about there. I don't think it would be. He said, please do it for me. Just meet with her. <laughs> so on uh, one Saturday morning, Cindy came in for an interview. We met for three minutes. And I thought, this is absolutely the perfect person. I mean, just in, in literally in three minutes, um, Cindy's heart was just, I mean, it was so evident that she had a shared passion for the vision of Trinity Cafe. She was the real deal. She is just, you know, everything. And uh, Cindy had been with the uh, Tampa Tribune for, uh, I don't know, 32 years yeah, or something. And she said when she retired, she wanted to uh, volunteer and help the homeless. And so she had been volunteering for like six months, but I had never met her before. But in any event, she was immediately hired and uh, 
is just nothing less than uh, spectacular. Yeah. I always tell her husband, Mick, I hope you're not offended, but I love your wife too. <laughs> <laughs> and we all love Sue. Yeah. We all do. She's, to this day, still the heartbeat of, of what we do. Here. Oh, she's just, she is, you know. she's the, the definite, um, she is the go-to and, and really always will be even, uh, when she decides to really retire, <laughs> if we let her do that. No, that's no. not going to happen. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so there you have it, Cindy. When you're listening to this, you, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I didn't want to go without mentioning Cindy. Um, such a wonderful person and, and just true champion for those that we serve. And you have another friend um, that we all have a great respect for. And I know he considers you um, in such a high regard. You're a mentor and a friend and, and means so, you mean so much to him. He said this to me on every occasion. Actually, the first sit down meeting I had with him is Thomas Manns. Mm, and yes. that started a whole different trajectory for Trinity Cafe. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with Thomas. When Thomas first uh, moved to Tampa, was new in his position uh, with feeding Tampa Bay. Um, I had met him through uh, a mutual friend, and they said, you need to meet the new executive director of uh, Feeding Tampa Bay. And he came to visit and saw what we were doing and was so sincere and genuine. And it's, to me, it is so, I tend to judge how people really understand and have a heart for our mission. And Thomas was so genuine about what we were doing and so interested in it. And uh, I thought there's a man after my own heart because he gets it when we talk about it and what the need is and all. So Thomas and I uh, developed a professional relationship with Feeding Tampa Bay, Bay providing food for Trinity Cafe and our relationship there. But beyond that, Thomas and I started meeting uh, once a week, probably three out of four weeks out of the month. And we would uh, have coffee in the morning. He's an early riser as I am. And uh, truthfully, you guys don't sleep. <laughs> yeah. That is the truth. <laughs> and we would talk about the needs and how to serve the community. And uh, in our discussion, um, we talked over the years, wouldn't it be cool if we somehow merged, you know? And I mean, this was casual conversation. We would discuss it every three months or so. Something would come up. Do you know if we did this, we could do this? And uh, it was, you know, but our discussion was mainly about, you know, running the uh, Trinity Cafe and running uh, Feeding Tampa Bay and the different, you know, rewards and challenges that each of us experienced. And uh, in October of uh, 2017, um, I uh, had gotten sick one Sunday, went to the hospital and uh, had open heart surgery. And after that surgery, I thought to myself, I am still very heavily, intimately involved with Trinity. And it was a significant operation uh, that I had had. And I thought, if something happens to me, I want to be absolutely certain that um, Trinity Cafe survives Jeff Derry. This is mm -hmm. far bigger than, you know, me. This is not about me. And uh, so in January, I approached Thomas and I said, you know, we've, discussed this off and on over the years, never seriously, but would you have an interest in, you know, the possibility of seriously discussing what it would look like if uh, we merged uh, Trinity and Feeding Tampa Bay? And he said, yeah, I would. And I mean, there's so many opportunities and benefits to this. And uh, so we decided that 
we had discussed this enough that we needed to take a step back and make sure that there was objectivity uh, within our two organizations. So uh, we each uh, formed committees with our respective board of directors to investigate, do due diligence, do due diligence, <laughs> um, and uh, to uh, look at what that opportunity might look like. And we went through the uh, spring of 2018 and in the summer of 2018. And then in August of 2018, our boards uh, each voted unanimously for the merger. And uh, lo and behold, in September of 2018, I got really sick again and uh, ended up going into the hospital in October and having another open heart surgery that was far more serious than the first one. But before I had that surgery, we signed the merger documents mm -hmm. and uh, I was actually in the hospital uh, signing those documents. And uh, it was to me, first and foremost, my concern was for my wife, Sharon, to make sure she was okay. But right behind that was to make sure that uh, Trinity was going to be okay. And it gave me a lot of uh, uh, solace to know that uh, we were entering into this new journey. So uh, in January, uh, we, uh, the merger was effective and, uh, it has been, it, it has been beyond amazing. It is better than anything I could have ever imagined. I thought it would be, uh, good, but it's been beyond good. Um, both groups coming together, I mean, we talk about a merger. I mean, we have just collectively gone together. And I think everybody has been on both sides so respectful, uh, so considerate. Um, and it has been so, and nobody has been, oh, we wanna take care of our territory. Uh, we became family. Um, our blended family. That a blended family. A blend, and I mean, it is just, if you, I believe that if you step aside and take, you know, look at this whole, these beautiful operations of feeding Tampa Bay and what they've done over the years and what Trinity has been able to do over the years and look at what can we do together. Uh, and get out, you know, let personalities, egos get out of the way, but rather just look at what is going to, how are we going to serve God's people? Uh, and it has been beyond anything I ever could have imagined. Florida Blue's mission is to help people and communities achieve better health. In partnership with Feeding Tampa Bay, their collective goal is a hunger-free Tampa Bay by 2025. How will we do that? By ensuring that all our neighbors have access to fresh, nutritious food that is essential to a healthy and capable lifestyle. We invite you to join the movement. Visit hungerfree2025.com. Yeah, it's it's certainly one of those times where you see the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yes. You know, the, the opportunities for feeding Tampa Bay to really re-examine our interactions with individuals based on the heart of the interactions that happen at Trinity Cafe. The opportunities for Trinity Cafe to elevate its service to a wider group of people based on their partnership with Feeding Tampa Bay. It's just been one of those things where, you know, we have done so much more than we even imagined as we were contemplating the merger. Mm -hmm. You know, as we were looking at how we would integrate operations, how Shannon, could become part of the Feeding Tampa Bay communications team, how you know our programs team could 
do more in terms of bringing out other projects to the two Trinity locations that existed at the time. Um, the idea that together we could open a third, which is well on its way to happening. Yes. And then, um, you know, all of these just amazing things that have happened in, in the year and a half since we became a blended family. Um, you know, and I think more than anything else, the ability that we have had as a single unit to respond in this pandemic has shown us the value of what we do together. Um, you know, feeding Tampa Bay by itself without Trinity Cafe never could have responded in the way we did. We've served over half a million prepared meals mm -hmm. out into the Tampa community to folks who have been, uh, you know, basically rendered homebound or who are uh, having difficulty getting out or being in contact with relatives who don't have the ability to prepare for themselves. Over half a million meals in the last six months. 557,000 meals. Wow. Have been delivered to people. Fresh prepared meals out of Trinity Cafe. It's beautiful. And it is. It, it really has been incredible. And, and, you know, just seeing the way we've been able to respond, um, I, there, it's just hard to describe. It's hard to describe it how impactful the, the ethos, the spirit of Trinity Cafe has been on all the interactions we have at Feeding Tampa Bay with the folks that we serve, how we really, in a new way, reinvigorated our work around advocacy for the folks that we serve. When we re-examined the face-to-face -face interactions we have and ensured that the experience, the feeling of walking into a Trinity Cafe is replicated when you walk into our warehouse, is replicated when you're in a line to receive food from Feeding Tampa Bay at a distribution in the way we talk to our partners about how uh, we expect them to interact with the folks that we serve. Um, you know, the, the merger has done so much on both sides and it really is a testament to a long-term commitment that both you and Thomas have made to serve this community. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been beautiful. It's, uh, uh, I visited with uh, some volunteers recently, and uh, initially they were fearful of the unknown and have expressed how it has just been validating uh, and enriching to see the bigger picture. It, it's really fun for me um, as we onboard new staff I now require all program staff to go and volunteer at Trinity and to spend a day there. And usually what happens is they come back and they say, can I go every week? <laughs> <laughs> can I come back on Saturday? Can I, you know, and it's, I know we keep saying this and audio is probably not the best uh, venue for it, but it, it is just a, a feeling, a, a sense that, you cannot describe with words when you walk through that door and you see how people are treated. You see uh, just the joy on folks' faces. You see the relief as somebody lays down a burden for a moment to share a meal around a table. Well, I've had countless volunteers who have commented, I get so much more out of this as a volunteer than the guest I'm serving. Then you know how rich and rewarding it is to be a volunteer at Trinity Cafe, which is just beautiful. And it's great because there are so many ways you can volunteer during meal service at Trinity. You know, you can be the one who sits at the table and just greets people and and creates a little mini community at that table. You can be the one who stays busy and runs around and serves the meal and uh, refills drinks. And, you know, you can be somebody who greets everybody at the door. And um, I think one of the things that we feel heavily as an organization right now is we so want to get back to a place where we can sit together around a table with folks who need us. Um, and the pandemic has put us in a place where that's just not advisable right now. Uh, and yet we've managed to still serve and create a smaller moment of interaction with dignity. Um, but I'll tell you, there are so many people who ask me on, on a very regular basis, when can we serve meals again? When can we sit down together again? And there's just something 
that's very, very special about sitting, a, sitting around the table together. You know, I think the story that you told about you and Thomas sharing coffee and sharing breakfast together mm -hmm. is just another way in which that manifests, you know, and, and there are just, I, I've always been a big believer in the value of, of shared experiences, particularly over meals. And the day I walked, the first day I walked into Trinity, it just clicked. It just made sense that yes, this is how we should treat those around us who need. And, and I, I so appreciate you for having the vision and then following, not just the vision, but the doggedness to pursue it for 19 years through heart surgeries <laughs> and a career and children getting married and grandchildren being born. And yet your dedication being so strong to those who come in every day for me. Yeah, thank you very much. You, you touched on it a little bit, but I'd love to hear your thoughts now, you know, 18 months post-merger, when you look at what we're doing together, what Trinity has become on the cusp of opening a third uh, location over in Pinellas County, what do you see? Yeah. Well, I think first of all, I mean, it's beautiful and I see uh, that we're going to be opening uh, Trinity Cafe number three. Um, I mean, one of the attractions initially from our point of view at Trinity was feeding Tampa Bay is serving a 10 county area. There are needs in this 10 county area that it's going to take Trinity many, 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 many years to serve. Whereas if we collaborate we're going to be able to uh, expedite this and serve sooner and uh, help others uh, sooner. In addition to that, uh, Feeding Tampa Bay has a uh, 199 national affiliates. And part of our uh, uh, mission is to share with those affiliates the model of Trinity Cafe. So there can be a Trinity Cafe in Chicago and Atlanta and St. Louis and, you know, and the model, uh, I believe, I mean, it's so similar today to what it was in 2001, since the uh, pandemic. But aside of that, our regular model of serving is so similar. And uh, to be able to share this volunteer component in the way that a restaurant works, um, you know, to share that with other cities. Uh, so about three years ago, four years ago, I, uh, I went to Rome and uh, uh, had meetings at the Vatican with uh, the Russian Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church talking about uh, the possibility of opening a Trinity Cafe in Moscow and in Rome. Hmm. And uh, it is yet to develop, but... Uh, I'll volunteer to, to jump in there. <laughs> right? <laughs> it, was, uh, it was so interesting, but the model, you know, we've got a model that works and uh, we can leverage this. But coming back to our 10 county area, uh, this is exciting times. Very yes. exciting. It is. We're eyeing space for four and five. And, you yes. know, you're, you're absolutely right. The, the great thing about having 19 years under our belt at Trinity Cafe is that we really have honed in on a model that is repeatable, that is scalable, that we understand the costs to create each meal. We understand the procedures to grow volunteer base to the point where we can serve. We understand how to transmit the, I, you know, I struggle for the right word, but the, you know, the, the sense of service within both the professional staff and the volunteers, um, you know, create that community. And, and I believe strongly that Trinity three is going to open very, very successfully and and we'll have very little ramp up time because we know what to do. I mean, it's what happened here. We're sitting at Trinity Cafe number two. 
which is what about six miles away from the original Trinity Cafe, serving a completely different mm-hmm. population, uh, a different mix of ethnicity, of age range, of family groupings, mm-hmm. and is equally successful. Mm-hmm. You know, and has seen consistent participation from volunteers, has seen consistent uh, support from the community and has successfully integrated itself into the community. Um, I'm, I'm very confident that Trinity 3 is going to, to go off in the same way, largely because Cindy Davis is going to yes. be a huge part of making that happen. <laughs> yes, she um, is. You know, to bring it all the way back. Yes, absolutely. So Jeff, we want to thank you for joining us today. You've become a mentor of mine, and uh, we appreciate you so much and the decisions that you have made and your leadership and your dedication to our community. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here. We appreciate you so much. I always love talking about Trinity Cafe. And we'll see you at T10 at that opening and maybe Rome or Moscow. Mm -hmm. I'm up for the PR plan for that one. So just sign me up, okay? Working on my passport right now. So on that, we'll get ready for What the Food Bank with Mandy Cloninger. All right, everybody, welcome to our regular segment, What the Food Bank. Um, Our guest today is our Chief Impact Officer, Mandy Cloninger. How are you doing today, Mandy? I'm doing great, Ev. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. We have been speaking, or we were speaking, with Jeff Derry. We know how amazing he is and talking all things Trinity Cafe, which I know you are my former boss as executive director. Um, So we want to talk about mostly the change in Trinity Cafe from what it was before, which it was amazing before. One of the best experiences of my life changed my life considerably. Um, But if you want to talk a little bit about that, that transition, and then Matt is going to talk to you about what's coming up. So Tell us a little bit about that change. Sure. I'm, I'm sure you heard lots from Jeff. I mean, the beautiful thing about Trinity Cafe, whether it was in 2001 when Jeff founded it or whether it's in 2020 when we've had to pivot in many different ways, it's still a beautiful meal. It's still served with dignity. We still rely on a community of volunteers and donors who support us to restore dignity in the community while serving a nutritious meal. We've lived into what we believed was the reason for the merger, I think, and are doing some of our best work at Trinity Cafe right now um, in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. We've pivoted to completely to-go meals, um, but we've never missed a day of service, right? Not in nearly 20 years of serving our community, whether it's been a hurricane, a car crash, or a pandemic, we we found a way to serve. (laughs) And I think there's a lot to be said about the dignity and the continuity and the consistency that our guests know from the Trinity Cafe experience. And I think since our merger with Feeding Tampa Bay, we we said we were going to be better together. And we've seen that flourish from our very first pilot project with the government shutdown, where we started to scale our meals on the go. And then we've really lived into that and I think scaled it further than we might have ever been able to imagine in March when we said, Let's ramp up production to meet the need. And I don't, we, we never would have imagined that at our peak of the pandemic that we would be preparing 40,000 meals across four or five different kitchens yeah. uh, and every yep. single week, yep. right? Every week. And what that means is more than half of a million meals on top of the 1.7 million meals that have been served in our dining room have gotten into the community. And it's helping neighbors like Mary, who told us during the pilot project, you know, I want a beautiful meal with dignity. This is a gorgeous meal. It's delicious. Um, And we pivoted so that a guest like Mary got that delivered to her home through Amazon or Uber Eats or our awesome Fresh Force team and drivers that we've been able to employ. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have guests, you know, just like Wendy, who are at the cafe still receiving that meal. And so um, whether it's a to-go meal served in or outside of our dining room or it's our beautiful meals on the go, I think we're really doing our best work. Well, and you know, something that we didn't really get into with Jeff, but I'd love for you to share a little bit is the quality of the meal that we serve. You know, I, one of the things that is 
special about Trinity Cafe is just how different it is from what people really think of when they think about, you know, quote unquote, soup kitchen or, uh, you know, a meal service like that for, for homeless or folks who are struggling. Uh, tell us what it looks like to be in the Trinity kitchen, how our meal is different. That's a great question, Matt. Our team is supported by uh, a head executive chef, Chef Daniel, who has, you know, more than 20 years of experience running big kitchens like Baycare to big casino kitchens. So he has a level of expertise that he brings to a beautiful meal, right? Um, I was trying our mac and cheese for our new meals on the go that is going to have chicken tenders, mac and cheese, and green beans. I mean, if that's not a crowd pleaser, I don't know what is. <laughs> Any age. I, will, I will take a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying the mac and cheese and, you know, I was like, this is better than like my grandma's mac and cheese. You, you know what I mean? And so whether, uh, whether it's, we were talking about what we were going to serve for Thanksgiving, it's, it's literally something you would be proud of preparing and serving in your own home to a guest. That's the experience in our cafe. And that's what we've been able to even scale and freeze so that it reheats well and has good quality. It's uh, nutritious, but more importantly, right? It tastes good and it, it looks good. good. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, some of our fan favorites that we've heard about here lately are the spaghetti and meatballs yeah. with turkey or beef meatballs. Uh, folks love, um, you know, a Tampa traditional one like a mojo pork or yeah. uh, barbecue brisket with black beans and yellow rice. You know, we've tried to pick some culturally appropriate items that we know folks love. Also things that people, you know all of us on occasion want to eat something out, not that we prepared, right? We want to be able to do something quick and easy. And so th those are the items that all of us do in our own homes. Yeah. And right. you know, what you just said gets to the heart of the next phase of Trinity Cafe that we really want to spend some time with because, you know, obviously everything has been thrown in the air with pandemic, but six months ago, if we rewound, we know that about 50% of the meals that uh, that someone consumes are not produced in their own home kitchen. Mm -hmm. And that is true no matter your socioeconomic status. And that really is where we saw an opportunity. You know, we know that the folks who struggle don't have time. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, don't have the ability to purchase the value of their time like many of us do. And so that's what really started us down the path of looking at how we could take that amazing meal you just described outside of the walls of Trinity Cafe. And you've really spearheaded that process and you got a lot of cool things going on. We'd love to hear where we are with that project. Oh, sure. I, I think what's really exciting is we recognize that we have the capacity to, to do more than we ever imagined. But when we first started with the idea of Trinity Cafe and feeding Tampa Bay's meals on the go, we said, you know, this is a win-win-win, right? It employs our Fresh Force team of workers. It is making delicious, nutritious meals that we get into the community, and it has the potential to be a revenue generator for us, right? A valuable social enterprise for our mission. And so, we heard from guests like Mary during that pilot project. She loved the meal she received, chicken breast, mashed potato, broccoli, but she wanted the dignity of paying something for that meal. Right. So we are gonna be offering very soon to our community a social enterprise that you can choose to invest in, right? You can choose to purchase meals. And what it will do is every meal that is purchased will put a dollar back into our mission of being able to provide more meals into the community. And I think that's a real value and it's going to keep people employed. It's going to generate revenue and it's going to help us imagine a hunger free Tampa Bay. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's such an important point that the idea of dignity means different things to different people. And we can't be stuck in this one concept that we have of what dignity looks like and you know for 19 years trinity's done a fantastic job of serving a free meal with dignity to folks who need a free meal mm -hmm. but we heard over and over i want the dignity of a purchasing my own meal mm -hmm. and i i just am so excited for where we're headed i love the idea of folks being able to pay 
if it's just a little bit, paying that. If it's paying for your meal and, and leaving some behind for a couple of people behind you, that's awesome mm -hmm. too. And, um, you know, the, the fact that it is a high quality meal makes it a really easy sell. Yeah. And think about, you know, in some of our food deserts and food swamps where the options for purchasing good quality, nutritious food are limited, right? Some of them are proliferate with fast food or convenience store options where they're paying more per meal already, right? For right. a less healthy option. You can get a healthy, well-balanced, nutritious meal for say $3. You can feed your family of three or four for 10 or $12 when you might be spending 20 or 25 at a convenience store or a fast food option, right? So there's, you know, the economic benefit to our guests that we serve as well, because they're able to purchase a better meal for their family, help improve their health outcomes through that. And they get the dignity of paying really for the meal and they're helping employ somebody too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Win, win. That's right. <laughs> win, win, win. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's, it's been really great to see uh, that third win that you talked about, which is the ability to employ our fresh force students. You know, one of the things that really worried me as the pandemic really started to um, reveal itself and what it would look like to us is that we've been training folks in culinary arts and the whole culinary industry shut down. Uh, that was a scary moment for us because we knew folks had come to us and put their faith in us that we would give them a skill set that could build them towards economic stability. And we've been able to follow through because we've been able to do uh, all of these meals. We've been able to employ almost all of our graduating class from March in the process of preparing these meals for the larger community. And it's been wonderful to see. You know, I, I, I love the, the idea that, um, you know, again, something we never could have imagined when we began this merger process has just elevated everything we do. Yeah, and I can't be more proud of our team when I walk into the kitchen at Trinity Cafe and I see us running two shifts of employees, right? We've still maintained preparing lunch during the week and breakfast on the weekends with our core team, but seeing our six or seven Fresh Force graduates employed with us really a integral part of our team to help prepare and get five and 550,000. Isn't that the number today we were talking about earlier? 550 something thousand meals, more than half a million meals into the community because we were able to put those students right into a job. And, you know, Richard and Funk, they didn't leave Fresh Force unemployed. Right. They weren't part of the group of you know, community members who have been hardest hit by this pandemic, losing their jobs in culinary arts or restaurants or hotel or entertainment, they've been able to maintain and improve their own capability through employment with us during this time. So yep. it's awesome. So tell us what it's going to look like in a couple of months. What are, what are we, where are we going to be with Trinity Cafe Meals on the go? Yeah, so we've we've pitched a, a couple of seed investments into our social enterprise. And really what we're going to be doing, hopefully over the next 90 days, is piloting online sales with a couple of communities so that we can really test out our delivery capability and that that experience of having somebody shop with us and then receive those meals. Uh, we're going to be planning how that works with our groceries on the go and getting those into the community. And one of the projects that I'm, I'm kind of excited about too, and I hope I hope the funding comes through for it is we're going to pilot some vending machine sales as well. If you've seen some of the innovative things that are, are being done in airports, in um, some some low income communities, again, who, who don't have a lot of access to grocery stores um, or otherwise. And then particularly in Japan, there's some neat stuff that they do with vending machines. They vend everything. Right. And so much like you might be able to buy an ice cream, you could probably buy a meals on the go at a convenient place. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of what's in the pipeline and in the works. And so our goal is really to get to a place where, you know, we are selling 500 to a thousand of our meals on the go every single day. Right. And then we have a significant impact over the course of the year where we could have a six figure investment into our mission just from the sales of our meals on the go. And so that's the long-term goals. Super excited about. And 
Hopefully you'll have me back when we're ready to say, <laughs> go here and order meals on the go. <laughs> Absolutely. So your local vending machine. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to break some news right here on what the food bank just for you, because I think you'll be really excited to hear that I just signed the contract for us to deliver meals from Trinity Cafe into the homes of healthcare clients. We have a major national organization who has entrusted us with serving their clients who have been identified as needing meal support. Mm -hmm. They're gonna fund it, they're gonna pay for the meals, we'll deliver them directly into the homes, we'll supplement it with a box of groceries, and we're gonna measure the health outcomes. You know, we know that healthy food aids in recovery. Mm -hmm. We know that healthy food keeps people whole in a way that they're not able to on their own in a lot of circumstances. And so we are so excited to have just signed a contract literally right before we pressed record to now deliver five meals a week to healthcare patients right here in Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's super exciting. I can't wait to be a part of that. I can't, I can't wait to be a part of how we're going to change lives and help improve people's health outcomes yeah. all through the meals that our wonderful team is preparing, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And that was the neat part about the conversation with Jeff is that, you know, he he stepped out in faith. He actually started his way down on uh, answering a different question and found this model and had no idea where it would lead him mm -hmm. and where it would lead us and to a merger, to a healthcare solution, to multiple uh, locations, you know, and he's even talking about going international now. And so uh, it's just wonderful to see how uh, faithfulness to a mission and serving folks with dignity has brought us to a really amazing place with this project. Who gets to go to Rome? Me. Mm -hmm. I signed all of us. Yeah. All of us. All of us. I the OGs. Dibs on that one. <laughs> I think he's going to have a line out the door. So, Mandy, thank you so much for joining us and bringing us up to speed on the exciting things that are happening moving forward uh, with Trinity Cafe at the helm with prepared meals, which we're so grateful for. If you want to learn more and stay up to date, please follow us on all of our social channels. We are everywhere under Feeding Tampa Bay. And we do encourage you to go to our brand new redesigned website, feedingtampabay.org. And if you are in need of food, go to find food and let it geotag you. You can find food right there, convenient to you. Thank you. It is our fall season and we will see you again next time. Bye. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.